In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here. That you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence, so I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We read in chapter 6 of uh, the Gospel of St. John, a beautiful encounter that Jesus had when some of the disciples found him praying on the other side of the sea, on the other side of the lake of Galilee. They'd been looking for him. He was not around. It seemed to have simply disappeared and searched for him. This is what St. John says to us in these few verses. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, seek, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him has God the Father set his seal. They had just had the multiplication of loaves and fish. They had been satisfied indeed, and many thousands of others as well. And he says, do not seek simply the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but the food that endures to eternal life. Well, today, as we do our morning prayer and some of you the recollection, we enter into the gospel and ask the Lord to point us the right way, into the right direction, to seek truly the food that does not perish. Imagine if we could have food that does not perish. You wouldn't need refrigerators, you wouldn't need preservatives, uh, you wouldn't need all the bad stuff that they put in food. You know, They say, this, this product has no preservatives. Well, it's more expensive too, right? <laughs> We always consider preservatives as kind of like dumbing down the value of something. And so we, we ask the Lord now in our prayer, am I really seeking the food that does not perish? And let's try to understand that, unpack that. Because we, all, we know that, well, God does not perish. God does not vanish. God does not... Uh, you know, disappear in some ways and only he can satisfy us and if he's saying seek the food which endures which lasts and lasts to eternal life meaning it's a food that we have already here but will continue into an eternal life meaning it already has the seeds of eternal life it must mean that it does exist this food is, is a food that is, exists. 
that he wants us to seek after, it is unperishable. It lasts. Like the food they sometimes give soldiers on exercises in the in the army. They give they're given rations to put in their backpacks and they go out into the forest to do special exercises and they have to be there for several days and they don't have time to make little campfires and you know prepare hamburgers and hot dogs they, they have to just eat what they have on them in these in these shrink wraps that have been prepared months sometimes years before and uh, it's just very unsatisfying corned beef or whatever it is you mix and eat and I guess it doesn't really perish but it doesn't taste much either but the food that we receive here you could say is the formation that we receive in our life in our vocation the formation that's that's makes us what we are right you, formation is the intellectual, moral, human, uh, professional formation that we receive in the work that, that makes up a large part of who we are. And what we receive is never, must never be stale or old, like from packaged from the 1990s, the outlines that I received prepare meditations, to prepare circles. Uh, when I got ordained in the 1990s, uh, those are all long gone. <laughs> They're all long gone. I haven't looked at them in ages. Because there's this constant desire to refresh. It includes both the new and the old, too. And our father would, how happy he would be if he, upon seeing you today, so many years after his passing, going to eternal life himself, how happy he would be, and of course, as a result, how happy God would be, if he could see in you, after all these years, since 1928, he could see a semblance of uh, the spirit that God had given him. In the context that you and I live, in the modern life that is different from what he knew from the pers perspective of, of the life that we live uh, he, many things he didn't have and, and uh, the spirit of the work is still substantially fundamentally the same in its essence and uh, our father if he spoke to you if he chatted with you, you would say, yeah, this woman has my spirit. The spirit is not mine, it's the spirit that God has given me. It's the spirit of Opus Dei. He would say, yes, she has been formed, she has received the good food that does not perish. And that is what we ask for now. Would he see that also, and would God see that, of course, in your life, in the very details of your drawers, right? And you open your drawers, is the spirit of Opus Dei there? 
in the way you live your norms and your schedule, in the way you do your apostolate. Remember, there's not just the, the, the spirit of the Opus Dei is not a very kind of time-confined way of doing things, restrained and only a certain way. It's, it's ample. It's, there's many wide horizons uh, to do it, to live it, because it comes from God. So it's it's not, you know, no, no, you have to do like this, exactly like this. Uh, you have to wear this. Uh. You know, I, a few months ago, when I first went back to Cedar Crest and saw the refurbished house, as, as you know, it had been under lockdown, not because of COVID, but it had been under renovation for so many months. And um, it was, uh, it had been, it it had been not, not, I wouldn't say run down is not the right word, but, you know, it needed refurbishing this house. Had old musty carpets and things like that, and uh, not always the greatest decoration. It was good. It was it was good, but it needed a rejuvenation, a refurbishing, a renewal. And um, this is, you could say, what formation must do to our souls as well. It refurbishes, renews, rejuvenates us. But those are just signs there. The real food that we receive in our formation is a food that will endure, that will always be there, is our love for God. Our love for what God has chosen us for. And this, as our Lord said, for on Him God has, God the Father has set His seal. And God, of course, has set His seal on us, and you and me, He has set His seal his divine seal. It's beautiful to think that God has set a seal on you and me. What is a seal? Why does he say that? Why has God has set a seal? Well, of course, a seal, it's a mark. It's a, if you think, of, if you think about it like a seal of authenticity, it, it kind of means that uh, it. Like if you were to seal an envelope with a with a wax uh, seal, well, it's an indication that nobody has uh, tampered with this. Nobody has opened it. Right? Uh, the, the the typical envelope with the wax seal. Well, if it were have been open, you would see the crack and you would see that somebody has opened. You could try to pretend that it is, but you could see you could see it's it's been opened. No, so it's been tampered with. Somebody else has gone in there. But those seals are put there so nobody else can read what is inside. It's kind of like written by God, signed by God, sealed, signed, and delivered, and given to you. Any car, any car, as you know, tracks the amount of kilometers that the car drives, right? And so you can see, well, this car has 40,000 kilometers, so it's still new, but if it has 250,000 kilometers, uh, even if it looks okay on the outside, you know it's it's been through a lot, right? And that's what they always do. They, they You sell a car, you, see, you check, okay, how many kilometers does it have on it? Right? It looks nice, it's not too rusty, yeah, but it, if it has uh, X number of kilometers, it's going to be worth less. But I heard this recently that some people, they go in there under the hood 
and they're able to change the number of kilometers. <laughs> you know, they're able to change uh, and go go from two hundred to seventy thousand, you know, seventy thousand kilometers, and then they get more money out of it. Well, apart from the fact that that's ma- majorly illegal, uh, but it's uh, they for them to do that, they have to break a seal. They have to break a seal that you can't repair after. So only somebody who doesn't make sure that the seal has not been broken will get taken in by that. It has a seal. It assures you that in that seal, the purpose of it is still there to show you that this, is, this car has this many kilometers. So it's a seal of authenticity. And, and the Lord has placed a seal of authenticity on me, and it must be protected. It must not be cracked. And uh, the best way for us to refurbish our soul, how can I refurbish my soul and grow? The best way for us always to refurbish it, to rejuvenate it, never to grow stale, never to grow tired of our vocation, always to keep the joy and enthusiasm of the first days, is to ask the Lord for conversion. Deep conversion, say Not to stay the same thing, but just doing more stuff, but truly falling in love again. And you could say that's, in some ways, the, the purpose of our formation. Formation that we receive in all its, different, uh, all its different levels is not simply telling us more and more stuff so we get more and more, more intelligent and, and read more and more books and and, uh, I don't know, understand more and more ways of explaining things. Yeah, well, there's a certain amount of formation there, of course. That's an intellectual formation. But it's, it's got to be deeper. It's got to really uh, affect our, our core. We really need that food that does not perish. We have to have the right attitude, the correct focus, the best disposition possible. Not a disposition that is simply exterior to us, and it has something to do there with conversion. And conversion is growth in the love for God, to be a better woman of prayer, to have a deeper sense of charity, what charity, love for God, and love for others really means. And the, the formation we receive in the work helps us to focus and understand what is the true good of my life what is the true good of my life not about simply what I feel we feel this we feel that that and ongoing formation helps us to see when we are falling into signs of just mere human vision or just too much feeling or just too much emotion or or just lack of supernatural outlook we, we, we develop a kind of a radar, we, a sensitivity with that, that, that's a lack of human uh, that's a lack of supernatural outlook I'm, I'm getting too human you know, in some paintings like in, in portraits they, the artist will draw attention to one area or another by the colors by the light by maybe in some areas he will use more precise brush strokes 
or just the position of the figures and everything else will be subordinate. He'll focus in on uh, like the eyes yeah? and that that will become the central focus of the work of art. Rembrandt often focused in on the eyes. You can get detailed studies of just of the eyes of his, of his figures or just sometimes the hands. You see the eyes and the hands are focused. The rest is not, not exactly blurred but but not as detailed, let's say. And that helps us to see a good, well, to, you know, to focus in on the important, the face, you know, or what is might maybe considered more beautiful, more indicative of the character. And we have to ask, well, what is my focus in my life? What is my true focus? It could be that I'm focused too much on honor and prestige and, uh, or even just the human side of doing things well. Is that good? Yes, it's yeah, it's good. But maybe I'm, I'm focused too much. Maybe I am in some ways focused on the food that perishes. You can imagine the apostles, they, they were super excited and, uh, about the multiplication of loaves and fish. Oh, we got all this food, it was so good, and the people were happy. And But maybe it was, they were too focused in on the fact that they had good food. Or maybe merely on the impressions. Maybe I'm focused on the impression I make on others, on being well thought of. Or am I focused on the food that will lead to eternal life, a food that will reinfuse within you a new and deeper sense of mission, a sense of mission, a sense of purpose. The divine sense that all you do now, all you are involved in, has this uh, has this kind of divine seal. Well, I'm here to learn, Lord. I'm here to renew, to rediscover my vocation, and try to identify those things that that are like the food that perishes. What is the food that perishes? Could be perhaps too much activism, running around a lot. I'm very, 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 very busy. I maybe don't always ask for the help that I could. Or if I have human vision in work, mainly concerned about outcomes, getting a bit obsessed about things going a certain way. They have to be, these things have to be like this, and there's no other way. It has to be like this. My friend uh, told me that he went to a hotel once, and uh, it doesn't go much to hotels, but he went to a, like a, apparently a nice hotel somewhere in the States, and, and he was uh, on his bed or something, and uh, I think he dropped his keys or something like that, and he got down on all fours to look for his keys under his bed and as he looked under his bed there was one of those sticky papers and it said we clean here too <laughs> we clean here too <laughs> you know it was like an advertisement or whatever I don't know <laughs> we clean here too and he plucked it off and said well you know, I guess they, they're pretty thorough here you know like they go right underneath right 
to show you they're not just like doing the externals of uh, whatever. No, they're, they're not just you know dusting. They're, they're going like right underneath where nobody goes, you know? where no man has gone before. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So maybe we're obsessed, which is. I don't think you're obsessed with that, but you know, it could be. It could be that we just get obsessed to just do things in a kind of perfectionism, right? Uh, and um, same, similar with activism. Uh, these are we have to find uh, what what is the food that perishes in my life. whether it's too much human vision, too much obsessivity, or just imagine if with our work we, we lacked the key ingredient which was apostolic drive in my work. That I'm thinking of souls, maybe not just thinking of souls while I'm working, you have to think of the work when you're working, but, but maybe just a lack of rectitude and, and I'm not really... I, like that aspect would make me more superficial just I gotta get this done I gotta get it done and done done that's it not to really understand the deeper reasons of why I'm doing something not really in front of a, a difficult job or, or something that is tiresome not really seeing this as an occasion to grow to grow in honesty, to grow in coherence, in integrity, in cheerfulness. You know, all those, I'm sure you have lots of tasks that are difficult uh, and, uh, well, difficult, uh, in, you know, that, that you, may, you probably don't like doing that much, you know, like cleaning under the bed. I, I don't know if that's your forte, you know, but, uh, but, uh, but also you can use those moments uh, when you're putting the sticker there, so to speak, right? Um, to, to say, well, Lord, I'm doing this out of love and for souls. And if that isn't there, if that isn't there, isn't it true that how long can you put that sticker there? I mean, it's going to perish after a while. I need a food that will reinfuse me with a sense of mission with that deep sense that whatever I'm doing now Lord you're involved somehow somehow mysteriously and I must grow in that a food that perishes Lord I don't want this I don't want a food that perishes it doesn't taste good it's not good for me it's 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 like junk food <coughs> it's like junk food they say a lot of people just eat junk food and it tastes maybe good immediately, but it's not good. It's not good healthy. Saint Augustine mentions how this food that perishes, when he refers it to the Eucharistic discourse, discourse rather, he says, uh, "You seek me for the flesh, not for the spirit." That's what what he means, right? You seek me for the flesh, not for the spirit. How many seek Jesus for no other purpose than that they may, that he may do them 
good in this present life. Scarcely ever is Jesus sought for Jesus' sake. That, that, was, that was Augustine's take on this as he commented the Gospel of St. John. So we always have to seek him for his, his sake. Otherwise, we will become, well, we will be eating the food that perishes, but we will do that because we were, we're kind of like an unformed person. And what is an unformed person? A person who's not formed properly. And the whole purpose, I mean, a large purpose in the work is that we get well-formed. But what would a, an unformed person look like? Well, that would be a person who does not know how to escape the narrow confines, the narrow circle of his or her own organic or material needs. Someone who can't seem to rise above his own or her own instincts who finds it very difficult or, 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 or is limited and is not able to open herself to the desires and needs of others and that's, that's why we see some people kind of clumsy in, in social life in, in interacting they're kind of clumsy they're kind of closed in on themselves it's as though they were like too uncultured to be able to interact with the common world among them, you know, in themselves. They've been, it's like they've been eating this perishable food, so to speak, and uh, haven't risen above their immediate desires. That's what an unformed person sometimes looked like, looks like. You know, an unformed person is characterized by just a deep lack of interest in everything that is not their own, that is not, does not respond to their immediate personal gain or personal interest. Their inability to assimilate something that is, that is even you know, even slightly beyond the radius of uh, their own immediate interest. This is oh, somebody. I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not. I'm not gonna. No. We need to take in the food that does not perish and leads us to eternal life, because fundamentally, God continues to sow His divine word in us in you and me, in our hearts and our minds, so that we become progressively enriched with this saving truth. And that means becoming men and women of criteria, men who have cult men and women who have cultivated minds and hearts for the love of God. Let's ask this uh, it's a good uh, good thing to ask today in the recollection and just in general in your prayer. Am I seeking the food that perishes or am I really seeking the food that lasts to eternal life? When Mary said her fiat, that was the beginning of a great banquet that she was receiving. And she, of course, was the mother of God. So we ask her to intercede for us so that in the attitude we have to formation and just in general to our life, we seek the food that does not perish.
I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.